Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be safe. Venture wisely. I'm Dan Mac. On today's show, the PPP gets extended and Google gets sued by its incognito users. But first, the end. Sort of. So today is the 386th and final Pro Rata podcast. On June 15th, we will unveil a new show that shares lots of DNA with this one, including me, but with a new name, new schedule, and slightly different format. So stay tuned to changes within this feed. You don't need to subscribe to a new one. If you got this one, it'll work. For today, though, I want to revisit the topic from our original show, which we aired on July 23rd, 2018, titled The Incredible Shrinking Tech Lash. Here's what I said at the time while talking to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. There's a lot of speculation that when Trump came into the White House, some of the administration, maybe him, kind of had these fever dreams of breaking up big tech companies like Facebook. Was that just something we on the outside thought or was that actually happening on the inside in terms of sentiment? No, Dan, they talked about it. They did fantasize about it. So a lot has obviously changed since then. Pandemics, protests, we got an election around the corner. But questions about the relationship between big tech and Washington, D.C. persist. And the tech lashes strength or weakness could help determine not only our next president, but also the future of our public health and sense of justice. So in 20 seconds, we'll go deeper. Again, joined by Mike Allen. But first, this. Bridgebank knows the ins and outs of business ups and downs and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. Bridgebank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor-backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices. Bridgebank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridgebank. Be safe. Venture wisely. We're joined now by Axios co-founder Mike Allen. Since President Trump was elected, he has fought publicly with Amazon and Facebook and Twitter and now Snapchat. And Democrats have also taken their shots at many of those companies over the same period. It was a big issue early in the primaries. But I'm wondering now, we're less than five months away from the general election. Do you expect these conflicts, this D.C. versus Silicon Valley conflict, will become a major part of the final campaign? I don't know how public it will be, but for sure is a major part of the underlying action. So a friend sent me a text this morning that said, Zuck is our real president. And I think that that is sort of the feeling that we're getting. Axios has been covering how these companies have been flexing their muscles. Sarah Fisher saying that social media takes on world leaders. And so for so long, big tech had held back either because they were scared of Washington or because they wanted the attention that came with having world leaders on their platform. But now, partly because of pressure from inside, as you know, they're getting tougher. Is this largely going to be really more what Silicon Valley does rather than what the White House or Congress does? In other words, they're going to make the rules and then Trump and Biden will react to those rules? That's what we're seeing. So we saw Twitter act against the president. We saw Snapchat demote some of the promotion of the president's snaps. And so it's a reminder that these private companies have such a massive role in our public conversation and they can act a little bit on whim, a little bit on the pressures that they're getting, either economic pressures or internal pressures from their employees or public image. And we're just starting to see that. And because of the coronavirus, the presidential election wasn't really engaged. Now it is. And so this is just to become more and more of a factor for sure under the water, but I think also more as public conversation. 
we talked in the original episode about at the time what seemed to be the shrinking tech lash. We talked a year later and it seemed to be expanding a little bit. How do you think it plays today in the idea that we as a society have become just so much even more reliant on these platforms, particularly kind of at the height of the coronavirus when we were all stuck inside our homes completely. But even when you look at what's happened with the protests over the past week or so, so much of it seems to get dictated by what happens online. Are these issues now bigger than they were four years ago? For sure they are. And the companies have gotten back a little bit of their halo story up about TikTok having its Arab Spring moment. And that is teen influencers on that platform getting serious, talking about the protests. We're taping this parada on Zoom because I can't dip into your office inside Axios as I could before. And so we realized the value of these tools, realized how dependent we are on these tools. And so for a couple of months, everybody was grateful for the tech companies. They really got a break. They rolled out some new products. Now, as the company starts to reignite, some of these old controversies will come back. When you think of the protests, social media is how people organize now. People don't pass out flyers anymore and everybody shows up at the same place. They do it via social. Mike, we've talked on this show a lot about the personalities involved here, and particularly the presidents. But I think of what's happened over the past week with Facebook and the decision to pull or not pull some of Trump's posts. It seems that these companies are now becoming not cults of personality, but in the public perception, they are their founders, right? Zuckerberg is Facebook and the decisions made at Facebook, despite their tens of thousands of employees, it is Mark's. And Twitter, even though Dorsey doesn't have the same level of control, it seems the decisions are Jack's. Is that a fair understanding? In other words, are these individuals arguably becoming as important as our elected leaders? Well, they are. And what's interesting is they've really distinguished themselves. So Mark Zuckerberg, who got a lot of internal criticism for allowing the president's posts unchecked, whereas Jack Dorsey, out of so much internal debate, it was the middle of the night that President Trump put up that post about with the looting comes the shooting. It was in the middle of the night and our colleague, Ina Freed, was up on the West Coast. She saw that post, reached out to Twitter. It turned out the Twitter inside was having that exact debated like it was 11 p.m. Pacific. And Ina's reporting showed that they'd consulted Jack before they did it, went ahead and put up that shade over the tweet warning that it could be an invitation to incite violence. Facebook so far has said that they're going to let the president continue to post without being interfered with. President Trump obviously has taken shots at a lot of these companies. He is upset with a lot of these companies. But there's no indication, for example, that he would actually leave the Twitter platform. I know his son at one point suggested that should happen. That's never happening, correct? He's addicted to it just like it's addicted to him. Sure. He said that he's president because of the platforms. And that reminds you of the upper hand that they have, even though Washington wants to try to retake control. Axios had a piece about tech's long, hot summer, all the different antitrust and anti-competitive investigations that are going on. DOJ looking at Google, House Judiciary Committee looking at Google and Facebook, State Attorney General, the FTC. So there's a lot of people that are taking a look at this, but the way that one person put it to me is, DC doesn't have tax money or tax lawyers 
to fight this. So as we head into campaign season, the tech clash has taken a real turn. And at this moment, it's Silicon Valley that has the upper hand over Washington. You say that Silicon Valley has the upper hand. I kind of tend to agree with that. The analogy we used earlier was, you know, the boyfriend who keeps complaining about his girlfriend, but is never going to leave her. Twitter is that girlfriend, right? Trump's never going to leave it no matter how upset he is with it. We need tech for our life, work and politics. Mike Allen, thank you so much for joining us and for writing the Axios AM newsletter, which you can get every day at signup.axios.com. My final, final two right after this. Bridgebank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors, those committed to making the world a better place. Bridgebank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor-backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices. Bridgebank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridgebank, be safe, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is the U.S. Senate, which last night voted to provide more flexibility to the millions of small businesses that receive PPP, or Paycheck Protection Program, loans. Two things to know. First, loan recipients now have up to 24 weeks to use the money and still be eligible for at least some loan forgiveness. That's up from the original eight weeks, which for some would have expired within days, even if their businesses hadn't been allowed yet to fully open due to lockdowns. Two, loan recipients now must spend only 60% or more of their loans on payroll, down from 75%, again, in order to be eligible for at least some forgiveness. In both cases, this should keep people employed and keep small businesses, well, in business. And finally, Google on Tuesday got hit with a major class action lawsuit accused of illegally violating the privacy of millions of users that use the so-called incognito or private modes in the Chrome browser. In short, it's not really incognito or private. Yes, it is true that the browser doesn't keep things like website histories on devices, but it does share information about users with some of the websites visited. Google warns users about this before browsing, but the lawsuit basically argues that the private designation, that big headline, outweighs and overwhelms those warnings and is basically deceptive. Google, for its part, pledges to fight the suit. And we're done. Big thanks to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, and to everyone who has worked behind the scenes on this show over the past two years. Adam Gracia, Kim Shake, Gabe Goodwin, Evan Ryan, Sarah Gu, Lily Wimberly, Jesse Liu, Nick Johnson, Kim Hart, and Sean Cherry. And most importantly to you for welcoming me into your headphones each day. Have a great National Cheese Day. And we'll be back on Monday, June 15th, with the first Axios Recap Podcast.